morning. Those of you joining us here in person, thank you for being here today at Paradise Valley Christian Church. Those of you joining us online, thank you for joining us. If you guys want to go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Romans 6. While you guys are doing that, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Warren Steele. I'm currently a deacon here at the Paradise Valley Christian Church. And Charles, our lead minister, asked me to preach today because he's headed up to camp for junior week. So he asked that I be done by 11.30 so they could load the van. I told him there's no way I'm going to preach that short. So we'll probably be here till about 12.30, maybe 1 o'clock. So. All right, once you guys are to Romans 6, if you're willing and able, if you guys would stand with me as we read through Romans 6, starting in verse 1. I'll be reading out of the New American Standard Bibles. <clears throat> what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? May it never be. How shall we, who died to sin, still live in it? Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with, so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died is freed from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, so that you obey its lusts. And do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? May it never be. Do you not know that when you present yourselves to someone, as slaves for obedience, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness. But thanks be to God that though you are slaves of sin, you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching to which you were committed. And having been freed from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. I am speaking in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, resulting in further lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, resulting in sanctification. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. Therefore, what benefit were you then deriving from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the outcome of those things is death, but now having been freed from sin and enslaved to God, you derive your benefit. 
resulting in sanctification and the outcome, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Please pray with me. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this wonderful day that you've given us, Lord. Help us to rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, I just ask that you would help me to get out of the way today, that your word would just be proclaimed and that you would just be glorified through today's message. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. So initially, when I was preparing this sermon, I was talking to Garrig about it, and I told him, if I had my way, I'd just be done right here. I'd go sit down, because there's not a whole lot more than I can say than Romans 6 already said. But he encouraged me to expound upon this and spend a little more time with it. So... I thought with it being the 4th of July, it would be very fitting if we went back to 1776 for a minute and talked about the first 4th of July 245 years ago. This following excerpt is from history.com. Taxation without representation was the battle cry in America's 13 colonies, which were forced to pay taxes to England's King George III despite having no representation in the British Parliament. As dissatisfaction grew, British troops were sent in to quell the early movement toward rebellion. Repeated attempts by the colonists to resolve the crisis without military conflict proved fruitless. On June 11, 1776, the colony's Second Continental Congress met in Philadelphia and formed a committee whose express purpose was drafting a document that would formally sever their ties with Great Britain. The committee included Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Franklin, John Adams, Roger Sherman, and Robert R. Livingston. Jefferson, who was considered the strongest and most eloquent writer, crafted the original document. A total of 86 changes were made to his draft, and the Continental Congress officially adopted the final version on July 4th, 1776. The following day, copies of the Declaration of Independence were distributed, and on July 6th, the Pennsylvania Evening Post became the first newspaper to print the extraordinary document. The Declaration of Independence has since become our nation's most cherished symbol of liberty. See, all those years ago, the colonists found themselves Completely surrounded, surrounded by people who want to be master over them, who want to force their will upon them. And it wasn't until they had the Declaration of Independence they found themselves truly free. They found themselves with something finally worth fighting for. In the same way, we as Christians come to this world, we find ourselves as we look around all over the place, surrounded by sin and evil. It's not until we decide to break the chains of that slavery of sin that we're finally set free. Yet even after we do that, so often we identify ourselves with those things of our past. We identify ourselves with those sins that we left behind. Looking back to the colonists once again, when those colonists severed their ties with England, no longer call themselves Englishmen. They were Americans. The same way 
And we sever our tie with that sin. We choose to live our life for Christ. We're no longer sinners. We're Christians. We're saints. We're finally free. We have something worth fighting for. Galatians 5.1. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Once again, we have a world of slavery around us. A slavery that leads us to death. We choose to follow Christ. We're set free. Looking back to Romans 6, starting in verse 1 again. What shall we say? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? May it never be. You guys are reading in the King James today. It says, God forbid. God forbid that we continue on in sin. Not only does this give us implications of how we should strive to live our lives, it also tells us we should continue on as members of Christ. We're no longer sinners. We must remember we've been transformed. We're new creatures under him. Continue on in verse 2. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we've been buried with him through baptism into death. So as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with, so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died is freed from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all. The life that he lives, he lives to God. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. So one of my favorite things about this time of year is you guys go outside, you start to see all the green grass, you see the flowers starting to pop up. If you start looking around, eventually you're going to see a butterfly. There's a lot we can learn from the butterfly. And I'd like to take a moment to read you an article from thebutterflysite.com. It's a little bit long, so bear with me, but I promise it has a purpose. Let's explore a butterfly's life cycle in detail, including all four stages of life. All butterflies go through complete metamorphosis. To grow into an adult, they go through four stages, the egg, the larva, the pupa, and the adult. Each stage has a different goal. For instance, caterpillars need to eat a lot. Adults need to find a way to reproduce and create more butterflies. Depending on the type of butterfly, the life cycle of a butterfly may take anywhere from a month to an entire year. 
Butterfly starts life as a very small, round egg. The coolest thing about butterfly eggs, especially the monarch butterfly, is that if you look very closely, you can actually see a tiny caterpillar inside, growing. Some butterfly eggs may be round, some are oval, some may be ribbed, while others may have other features. It depends on the type of butterfly. Butterfly eggs are usually laid on the leaves of plants. So if you're looking for them, you have to look very closely and take some time to find them. When the egg finally hatches, most of you might expect that a butterfly will come out. But that's not how it works. The butterfly cycle, once again, there's four stages. This is only the second. It emerges as a caterpillar. Caterpillars do not stay in this stage for very long, though. They begin to eat everything around them. And they eat and eat. When the egg hatches, the caterpillar will start to work on the very leaf that it is born on, consuming everything around it. Eventually, the caterpillar will find its way off the leaf. But since they are tiny and cannot travel very far, it needs to hatch type of leaf it can immediately eat. Caterpillars need to eat and eat and eat so they can grow quickly. When a caterpillar is born, they're very small. And eventually, they start to shed their skin and grow and grow. The pupa stage is one of the coolest stages of a butterfly's life. As soon as a caterpillar is done growing, they've reached their full length and their full weight. They form themselves into a pupa, also known as a chrysalis. From the outside of the pupa, it looks as if the caterpillar might just be resting. But inside is where all the action is taking place. Inside of the pupa, the caterpillar is rapidly changing. As most people know, caterpillars are short, stubby, and have no wings at all. Within the chrysalis, the old body parts of the caterpillar are undergoing a remarkable transformation known as metamorphosis. They become beautiful and make up a butterfly that will emerge. The tissue and limbs and organs of the caterpillar have all been changed by the time the butterfly emerges. Finally, when the caterpillar has done and all the forming and changing inside of the pupa, a butterfly comes out. Initially, the wings are very soft. They're folded against the body and unusable. After about a four-hour period, the butterfly will master flying. And it will immediately begin to search for a mate and a way in which it can make more butterflies. When the fourth and final stage of their life, the butterflies are constantly on the lookout for a place to lay their eggs. And once again, to start the cycle of life all over again. Once again... We can gather so much from looking at this butterfly and this caterpillar. We go all the way back to right when that caterpillar is hatched. We see if it doesn't have the proper environment, it will never grow. It must immediately begin consuming what's around it. The same way we as Christians must make certain that we surround ourselves with things that are pleasing and praiseworthy to God. 
rather than the things that tear us down or separate us from him. As the caterpillar takes in more and more around itself, it begins to explore, begins to look for new things, and eventually realizes I'm trapped in the ground. I need to change. And that desire for change is ever-present. We also were born into this life surrounded by sin. But as we become so lucky to hear the gospel and the good news, we can't help but realize we're trapped. We need to have that desire for change. As the caterpillar goes through metamorphosis, it comes out unrecognizable, a new creature, leaving behind its old self. Likewise, when we're baptized into Christ, we enter into a relationship with him. We emerge from that water, almost unrecognizable, leaving behind our old self. Now with new life, all the butterfly wants to do is make new butterflies. Born into a sinful world, we become new creatures under God. We can't help but be filled with his joy have a desire to share that with others. Unfortunately, the world is full of distractions that beat us down and take that joy away from us. We must never lose sight of God's purpose for us. We must never forget to spread our wings and share God's love. With these new wings and the freedom of flight, if you were to stop and ask a butterfly, I assure you, not a single one of them would tell you, I miss being a caterpillar. I miss when I was ugly. I miss when my life was filled with danger and worry. I miss being trapped in the ground. No, a butterfly would never tell you it wishes it could return to being a caterpillar. In the same way, we as Christians must never look back on our old lives think to ourselves, I miss that life. I miss the sin I came from. We must always look forward and remember that a new relationship with Christ separates us from that sin, separates us from that death, because we are now alive in Christ. Continuing on in Romans 6, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lusts. And do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? May it never be. Do you not know that when you present yourselves to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness? But thanks be to God that though you were slaves of sin, you became obedient from the heart to that from form of teaching to which you were committed. And having been freed from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. I am speaking to you in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, 
resulting in further lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, resulting in sanctification. Once a butterfly, it's impossible for that butterfly to ever return to the life of the caterpillar. That butterfly can't even fathom that change actually happening. In the same way, we as Christians should strive to never return to that life of sin. As the caterpillar sprouts its wings and has the freedom to no longer have to eat leaves, to fly from flower to flower and experience its sweet nectar. Having come from a life of sin where we're trapped, we enter that relationship with Jesus. We can't help but experience that sweet life, that sweet love he has for us, living our life full of righteousness. Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So Friday, I went up to Lander, where I went to the men's retreat up at the camp there. I was there Friday and Saturday, came back yesterday. While I was there, Kenroy Clark, who was from Barbados, was presenting a message. He used this illustration that I told him I was going to steal and use for today's sermon. He took the thoughts of our Christian walk as that of driving a car. When you look around the car, you have a giant windshield in front of you. And in front of that windshield is our future and everything that lays ahead. It's God's plan for us. It's God's will for us. But as you begin to look around some more, eventually you notice this very small rearview mirror. And that distracts us from the things God has in front of us. And if you sit and focus on that rearview mirror, and drive with your focus on that rearview mirror, you're destined to do nothing but crash and burn. We must always remember to keep our focus on what God has ahead of us, not what's behind us, not what we left behind, but rather what God has ahead and in store for us. Romans 6, 20 through 23. For when you are slaves of sin, you are free in regard, of right, in regard to righteousness. Therefore, what benefit were you then deriving from the things of which you are now ashamed? If the outcome of those things is death, but now, having been freed from sin and enslaved to God, you derive your benefits resulting in sanctification and the outcome eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life Christ Jesus our Lord. The free gift of God is eternal life. Once again, as we become Christians and enter into that new relationship with Jesus, we become new creatures. We leave of parts of our old self. We now enter into a, the free gift of eternal life. 
can't help but be filled with joy, desire to grow the church beyond our imagination. I want to leave you guys with one final thought of encouragement. For we are to be sinners no more, as Paul calls us to do in Romans. The reality is, that rearview mirror is always there. It's always tempting us to be distracted, to look at the things of the past, to look at the sin behind us. And oftentimes we get distracted and we fail. I want you to remember, we find hope knowing that though the wages of sin are death, we're saved with the blood of Christ. I want to end by sharing a Facebook post with you that I read recently. I just ask that you guys not tell Todd because I'm doing the 90-day challenge and I'm not supposed to do it on Facebook for grandchildren. The post reads as follows. A rattlesnake bit one of my sheep in the face about a week ago. The deadliest snake that lives around here. The sheep's face swelled up and hurt terribly. The old rattlesnake didn't know the kind of blood that flows through the sheep. You see, anti-venom is most oftentimes made from sheep's blood. The sheep swelled for about two days. The blood of the lamb destroyed the venom of the serpent. I was worried, but the sheep didn't care. The sheep kept on eating, kept on drinking, kept on climbing, because the sheep knew everything would be all right. Often, the serpents of this life just reach out and bite us. They inject their poison into us. They cannot overcome the blood of the Lamb of God that washes away the sin of the world, the sting of death. Don't worry about the serpent or his bite. Just make sure the lamb's blood is flowing through your veins. Lord, I just thank you once again for this wonderful day that you've given us. Lord, I just ask that as we go out, we would be filled with joy. We would spread our wings, Lord. We would strive to live righteously for you. And above all, we would seek to create 